Hi, it's John Henderson here again, this time to introduce you to the third full-length studio album from the fall, Grotesque After the Gram. Uh, this came out in November of 1980, more than a year after Dragnet. In that time between, there were a couple singles and there was uh, a live album with a couple of demos appended called Total's Turns. All of that stuff is really worth checking out. But none of the fall's work up to this point really comes close to this. This is just a fantastic record. The band is really tight and well rehearsed. There's a lot of energy where it might have been lacking before. It just sounds entirely organic in a way. There's nothing quite like it. Well, maybe there is now, but at the time there was definitely nothing like it. And uh, a lot of chances are taken on this record, both uh, musically, there's some strange sound experiments, um, one or two attempts at something like a pop song, but it doesn't come off like that at all. There are a lot of lengthy pieces with brilliant music, kind of hypnotic, simplistic music, but really fantastic tunes that uh, seem to serve Mark's lyrics better than anything had before. On some of those songs, like CNCS Smithering or the NWRA, which is uh, The North Will Rise Again, the music exists largely to deliver a short story for Marky Smith, which would sound odious coming from a lot of other bands, a lot of other musicians, but man oh man does this work. This is also the record, if you're a Pavement fan, Pavement pretty much based their entire career around in one way or another. And if you are a Pavement fan and you're hearing this record for the first time, you'll probably be shocked at how obvious some of the lifts are. I won't get into any of the songs or anything like that here because uh, it's all worth the discussion. And this may be the shortest of the four intros I'm doing, but in some ways, this is really where to begin with the fall. And this is really what the fall were all about at their peak. It's no secret that Mark did not treat himself very well. He was uh, obviously an alcoholic, uh, a really inveterate cigarette smoker, used a lot of drugs that were really damaging to his body and I think his mind. And at some point it's clear he just couldn't function anything like he, he did at his peak. It's a tragic tale and if this discussion on the fall gets to that point, it'll be pretty obvious that things changed at a certain point and they never really got back to what they could have been. But this is a fall full of promise and ideas and ingenuity and uh, they really went places for quite a few years after this. I think it's largely due to this record and the next couple of records. And so this is a really wonderful place to start if you're a novice to the fall. And it's really a record that will live with you for a very long time. It's There's a lot going on, it's really deep. Uh, it can be perceived in different ways. And there are a lot of ideas in the songs that take quite a while to work their way into your head and for you to work them out. It's just a very challenging and excellent work. It's accessible at the same time in a perverse kind of way and a whole lot of fun. So this is one I highly recommend. Hi again, this is John Henderson, here now to introduce you to Slates, which breaks the rules a little bit because it's not actually an album. It was originally a 10-inch with six songs on it, and as much as I raved about the last one, Grotesque After the Gram, this to me is the absolute peak of the fall. I, I don't think they came close to it again. Um, it was a slow rise to this point, but it really paid off, and I think this is a pretty much fearless peerless and flawless record. And what I'm learning about these introductions is they tend to be shorter the more I like the record. So this one might be really short. In any case, Slates was released in April of 1981, about six months after Grotesque After the Gram. It wasn't intended to be an EP originally, it was intended to be a 7-inch 45 
or a double seven inch. The history on this is kind of unclear. Somehow it expanded to a 10 inch record. There are um, a variety of different producers on it. Jeff Travis and Grant Showbiz who worked on a lot of Rough Trade stuff. The fall, uh, Adrian Sherwood mixed a track or two. And um, I think what's interesting about this record is that the band took all the ideas that they had on Grotesque after the Gram, and it seems almost like they ran them through a blender and a more unique fall sound came out of it. This is something that you can't really break down into parts like you could to some extent on Grotesque after the Gram. It just sounds like an entirely unique band with an entirely unique sound. It works and they do introduce an element into their sound which is almost like a form of psychedelia in a sense. These songs are really trippy, at least some of them are. Uh, the best ones I think uh, on the album are Leave the Capital and uh, An Older Lover Etc. Which are the first fall songs that kind of take you somewhere in a very, I don't want to say hippie sense, but in a psychedelic sense where you're not listening to a song and just digging it for what it is, but they really get into a groove on these songs. Uh, production is top notch. Mark Riley's at his absolute peak. And I don't think that they were ever quite as concise as this before, though the next record, Hex Induction Hour, is mighty fine. But uh, this is the crowning moment, I believe. I should mention that the best way to buy this record is actually as a CD, because they include a bunch of bonus tracks and it, it sort of works out to a longer time. And it's all really, really worthy stuff. Grotesque After the Gram, Slates, and Hex Induction Hour, that's peak fall. I'm gonna editorialize a little bit now, because I can. The next two records they released after Hex Induction Hour were Room to Live and Perverted by Language. Around that time, the band was collapsing. I think those records uh, lose a lot, but they did kind of rebound in a way when they signed to Vegas Banquet uh, with a string of records, the first three of which are pretty good. It's a very different band. It's a sort of bubblegum pop garagey version of The Fall. Uh, there was a novelty element to it that I don't think they ever had before. And if you find these records, the ones that I've talked about, kind of heavy going, you might want to jump up to those, but I would definitely stick around for Hex Induction Hour, and I'm sure The Room to Live and Perverted by Language Introductions are going to be full of interesting facts, and those are really interesting records to get into, particularly if you've enjoyed these, or if you really want to see a band go from that stage to something utterly different by the time of the Baker's Banquet. So I hope you'll stick with these introductions, because the entirety of the Falls career, uh, it's got its peaks and valleys, but it's always really interesting. Everybody who loves the fall tends to have a slightly different period that they consider the peak. And that's one of the really fantastic things about the band. And I think if this batch of records didn't meet your expectations, stick around because the band does change and it does go different places. And a lot of those places are worthy. And I know that the next uh, introductory hosts are going to have some interesting things to say as well. So thank you for listening.